Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Mama T here, and it's just me today because I'm just popping in to give you a couple of quick updates for the new year. It is 2022, and Brandy and I are excited to be working on some new things for you uh, in the upcoming year. We're going to start season three of the Coaching and Cocktails podcast with some new content and hopefully some fresh ideas and some more empowerment stories. Um, In fact, we're going to kick off the year on January 21st at 6.30 p.m. We're going to do our first live podcast. We're going to do this on our Coaching and Cocktails Facebook page. If you go there, you can find our event and you can sign up for the event. And within that event, you will be notified when we go live. This is our first Ask Us Anything question and answer, happy hour, bring a cocktail, bring a friend. Um, really, it's it's just sort of an open house Q&A Uh, whatever might be on your mind, we want to talk to you about it. Um, If you would like to submit us questions ahead of time, you can do so either through social media platforms. So you can shoot us a direct message on our Coaching and Cocktails uh, page on Facebook, or you can send us an email at coachingin, the letter N, cocktails at gmail.com. So you can submit your questions ahead of time, and we will make sure that we get to those live in our first ever live podcast. So again, that is going to be Friday, January 21st at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope you can join us. If not, we will, of course, be recording it and um, and posting it on our normal podcast channels for you to hear. Um, we also wanted to let you guys know that we are currently accepting applications for uh, for competition prep clients, for competition prep jumpstart. So maybe um, you're a little further away from stage and you need a little bit more of the foundational concepts. And as well as all of our lifestyle programming, if you're just trying to be your healthiest and uh, most well self in the 2020 year, 2022 new year, Um, so we, you know, as you guys know, we've talked about before, we only accept a certain number of clients so that, uh, Brandy and I each can make sure we give really individualized attention to each of our clients. Um, if you're interested in a little bit more about how we coach and our coaching methods, obviously, um, check out some of our empowerment stories. I think you'll get a lot of information there. Um, and you can also go to our website at centerstageathleticscoaching.com and submit an application. And we will uh, get back to you within 24 hours of submission. Uh, we're also offering 10% off of our coaching packages um, for any of our packages that are four, six, or 12 months in length. Um, you get an additional 10% off of the already reduced rate for paying up front. So you can check all of that out on our social media pages or on our website. Um, Our slots go pretty quickly. So if you're uh, contemplating a competition prep or really just want to be your best self, um, make sure you reach out. And what I'm going to give you guys today is so you can kind of have a preview of what we do when we have our Ask Us Anything sessions. So I'm going to do a replay of our first 
question and answer session. Now, this one was not done live, but we did have you guys submit your questions ahead of time, and I actually thought it was a lot of fun. Um, so really, anything goes within reason. Don't be don't be crazy. Um, but yeah, submit your questions and join us for the live podcast on January 21st at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Coaching and Cocktails Facebook page for a Facebook Live podcast. Enjoy this replay. Don't get weird. Use your head. It'll all be okay. Bye. Good morning, Brandy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Hey, everybody. This is Coaching and Cocktails podcast. That's Brandy. I'm yes, Tina. and that's Tina. Tina. <laughs> I, I got super confused. Wait, on that. I'm Brandy <laughs> and you're Tina today. Let's, oh my God, we should totally do that. Let's do a day where you uh, pretend to be me and I'll pretend to be you and then we'll really get to see what we think of each other. Well, <laughs> so I have a funny story. We went to a Super Bowl party Sunday night and it was a super fun party and um, I met this girl who is adorable, but you know, we're all piling in the house. There's like a hundred. So she years. was like me. That's what you're saying. Um, sure, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so we're all doing intros. We'd never met her. And my friend who's hosting is like, this is Jim and this is Brandy. And she walks up to Jim and puts her hand out and says, are you Brandy? <laughs> he didn't even know what to do. He's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> and we all just started laughing. But she was like one of those people who was Was like, she already drunk? <laughs> Well, so that was in the joke. I was like, wow, how much of this party have I missed? <laughs> but she was just like super fun and bubbly and like airheady like that. And, you know, and then later she explained, she's like, I have really bad ADD. So in like situations like parties and new people, she's like, I just get so excited like a little puppy that, you know, like my brain just doesn't work right. So she is like me. <laughs> oh, it was Adorable so, and nuts. It was so funny because I'm like, you know a lot of guys named Brandy? <laughs> and a lot of women named Jim. <laughs> Maybe she thought it was Jim, like G-E-M, like Jimma. I just don't think she was thinking whatsoever. It no. was so super hilarious. Yeah, that is funny. So, no Super Bowl party for me. Um, Eric went to a Super Bowl party, and I just, I don't know, I, I, I gave no shits about the Super Bowl. And I always used to watch it just for the commercials, and then I realized... I can just skip all the football and watch the commercials on YouTube the next day. Um, and I just had Eric uh, text me and let me know what time the half, you know, when the halftime show was coming because that I wanted to see because I fucking love JLo. And now I am also in love with Shakira. Um, I had, you know, no idea like how amazing of a performer Shakira was. I always liked her music, but um, so I'm actually curious because I don't think you and I have the same views on maybe what, went on at the Super Bowl uh, halftime, but since it was so controversial uh, yesterday, apparently, what did you think of it? Well, I'll start by saying I'm a football junkie. So I was watching the football game. And when the halftime comes on, that's then my chance to like, I got to go to the bathroom and start the dishwasher and do all these things so I can watch the second half. So you which starting funny, the dishwasher at someone on, else's house? No, we were back home by then. Oh. <laughs> I've got little kids. Like, like no. hold up. I got to start the dishwasher. You people need your dishes. Actually, these, these are kind of friends where that would probably happen. <laughs> where I'd be like, Meg, you're just never going to make it through tonight if I don't do your dishes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I only watched about like 10 seconds of it while I was brushing my teeth. And I, don't, I frankly don't really care to tell you the God's honest truth. I mean, it was like a flashback to 
15 years ago with music, right? So I had like a lot of PTSD of the music they did, you know, with all like flashbacks from different bar scenes in my life because <laughs> it was all like super old music. Um, you know, and I, I caught a little bit of the controversy, I guess, yesterday on Facebook. Again, like we all know that I think social media by and large is kind of dumb and people spewing their dumb opinions is even dumber. But listen, here, I mean, here's the thing. I, I feel like it was a little bit hypocritical for us to sit here and talk like women's power and this and that, and women can be strong and equal and yada, yada. Okay, then, you know, you, you don't have to be on stage in a thong, right? You don't have to. See, I knew you and I don't have to. But see, I, I look at it from a completely different take. And I look at, no, do you have to? Absolutely not. That, but that's not what it was about, right? Well, I mean, you don't know, you don't know though. You don't know if the promoters, the producers, all the men behind the show. Well, it could have been, but the reality, no, because the reality is that that's exactly how those women perform at every performance. But why? Why? By their choice or because it may be, it may be. Culture makes them think that they have to be like that to be interesting. Well, I am assuming that they do that because it is their choice and I bet that's a big assumption. Latin, it may be, but Latin dancing in general is very sensual. I'm not saying every Latin dancer wears a a thong on stage, but I'll tell you the the thing that, and and I don't know why I get so upset about this, but it's the same thing when I'm at bodybuilding competitions and the, you know, the whole, well, a woman in her forties and a woman in her fifties or blah, blah, blah. Can we stop saying just even making it seem as though women in their forties and fifties are, should be like, you know, in a rocking chair, knitting blankets and, uh, or no, no, like we're not supposed to be functioning. (laughs) I don't know. Dancing or on a bodybuilding stage. Cause at every bodybuilding competition, the fucking announcers are like, and can you believe this woman's in her forties? Because in your 40s, you're not supposed to be in shape. And because you're in your 40s, you're just supposed to fucking lay down. And that, that, I don't know why that that just, you know, annoys the shit on me. I guess, like, if somebody was on stage in their 90s, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. Because I don't even know how I'm going to survive until I'm 90. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, no, I, it may be a big assumption on my part. But um, I, I look at it differently. And I... It, I get your point because I, I had not considered that as a point. I mean, cause if but, you look at, if you look at like the Harvey Weinstein stuff and everything in entertainment, right. All this stuff is now coming out in entertainment that there is a lot of women being forced to do things that they don't want to do. Right. Men drive the entertainment industry. So my point is I'm not making any assumptions ever again, that women who are over being over sexualized are choosing to do so. Right. Because we were in this weird culture where we really don't know. We don't know. But I also, so, so assuming, if we, if we assume in the other direction, right, because we could make an assumption that a man drove this and they didn't really want to do that, or we can make the assumption that this is their prerogative and this is what they want to fucking do and they're entertainers and they have every right to do so um, from an entertainment perspective or from, you know, their bodies look fucking amazing, they're fit. And what I, you know, what I noticed the most on social media yesterday, and I, maybe I'll catch flack for this, but I don't care. Um, most of the people who had problems with it were not fit, independent, 
women who kind of, you know, own their sexuality or, um, you know, I don't know, I'm not using the right words, but it was just sort of a pattern, at least what I noticed in my feed of the people who took issue with it. And then the people who didn't take issue with it were kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. But um, yeah, I kind of figured we had different takes on it because I know we have different takes on that, I think in general, but I see your point. I definitely see your point, but I, my, you can assume it in that direction and I'll assume it in the other direction. And well, I guess, and, I mean, I guess my, my big, and again, I have not, I saw you were like all over social media on it. I spent like 13 seconds. So I definitely have not, it, it didn't impact me as much. I didn't really care. And I definitely don't care about people's like, you're going to pick apart the halftime show. <laughs> like I'm talking about the football game. I mean, I heard there was a football game, but I was all about the halftime show. Which is funny because if you look on your social media, you think you're like Miss Football. <laughs> Only because I, I'm, I'm Cowboys football. I'm, I'm not football. So, but anyway, yeah, on the... To any other football, any other sport. I like the Cowboys and that's it. I, and I can, I barely can keep up with that. And honestly, this entire football season, I was just like too busy to, to, care that much but anyway. I mean and I don't I mean my bottom line is if you're a woman you should wear whatever you want to wear whenever you want to wear it I'm don't I don't care and that should be part of the empowerment message break break I think there also has to be a second secondary message to the up-and-coming generation that you do not have to dress scantily right so that has to be the conversation like Yes, those women chose to dress extraordinarily scantily. Scantily, I don't know if that's a word. Scantily. But they, a word. they didn't have to do that. That was a personal choice as long as right. we know it's a personal choice. Blah, blah, blah. Because it gets skewed in young women's minds that you have to do that, right? You right. have to do that no, in I, order I, to get I agree with you on that. I, I agree with you on that. So as long know, as it's a full conversation, I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So anyway, so now we got that shit out of the way. Yeah, but people <laughs> people were fired up on it from what it looked like. Yeah, and you know, I don't usually, at least not anymore, man. I used to get into that shit like nonstop on social media. And really, I don't I really try to just kind of like do my thing and keep things positive. And yes, I post a lot on social media, but I really try not to get into any controversial bullshit. But that one just really struck a chord with me. One, because I I absolutely love both of those women. Um I've loved J Lo since in Living Color. Hmm. Um, and, and God and Selena, honestly, when, and when she did Selena, I was like, yep, I'm in love for the, with you for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. But, um, and yeah, do I want to fucking look like her when I'm 50? It's highly unlikely I'm going to look like a Puerto Rican, a beautiful Puerto Rican when I'm 50, turn. but Jesus <laughs> God, right? Like I, I am kind of stoked. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to fucking learn Latin dancing. I can't do pole dancing because my upper, my joints and my upper body hurt too bad. And I, I just, it's just not something I could do, but I would if I could. Um, or pole fitness, I should say. Um, but yeah, I am totally gonna, I, I've always wanted to like really learn Latin dancing and now I'm going to, and then I'm going go. to look like JLo when I'm 50. There you go. That should okay. be your new hobby. It's my yeah. new hobby. Latin dancing. Latin dancing. I mean, I do it like for pretend I post little stupid Facebook videos to me dancing to Pitbull, but I'm not sure. Like it's just me doing yeah. that stupid thing and I'm not wearing a thong. But I might. I might do that when I'm 50. Listen, as as long as it's your choice. But if you do need to get male attention, please don't. No, I don't do anything to get male attention. My poor husband knows that. Right, for sure. Mm. All right. So um, anything else of importance? Oh, um, okay. Here's another thing. And I think we're going to do some more um, 
another podcast like on a little bit more of this, but oh my God, the responses we have gotten from episode nine, call your mom, you're in a bar and, um, Deanna, I know she won't mind me sharing her name, but, um, and it's up to her whether or not she wants to kind of share her story because she said she's very open with it. But, um, the number of women who have reached out to us telling their own stories of not just, Hey, somebody grabbed my butt in a bar, but rape, um, you know, you know, molestation or, you know, uh, the rape culture in the military, you know, things that you hear of, but, you know, I personally had never heard someone's personal, you know, sort of gut wrenching story in that effect. And I know that you, you, you were in the military, so I know you know a lot more about that, but, um, yeah, I mean the outpouring, the, the women who have just like come out and speaking out and I just, I, it's what, while it was a shitty topic that we had to talk about, it had to be talked about. And I love that women are feeling like, if nothing else, you know, they're saying that, you know, you made me feel like I'm not alone, right? Like I, it's something that I sort of carried shame for, for all these years, or, you know, I, I never really opened up about it. And, um, I think that's important. Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of like friends, family, people, you know, on, on the margins reach out to me and just, you know, get, I get these texts or whatever that just say, Hey, I listened to the episode. It was very triggering or Mm -hmm. it was very um, emotional or whatever. Mm -hmm. And my, the ones, the people I've talked to, it's not so much that like, it's kind of interesting. It's not so much like I had this deep, dark secret that I've felt bad about. I've had a lot of women who come to me and said, you know, I've had these incidents and I never considered them rape. Um, Or I've not thought about it in a million years or I haven't thought about it like that. Or mm-hmm. haven't considered that these incidents that were un- unpleasant at best many years ago, like I actually was a victim and it is impacting me and I probably need to get some help. And, you know, that's, that's one of my big things to everybody is go talk to somebody. And, you know, you and I were talking about this a little bit offline and I had a little bit of my own epiphany this week. I'm like, why do we wait until we're in some sort of crisis situation to go talk to somebody? Cause I know I've even in the last year been in a bad place and been like, man, I should go talk to somebody. But then by the time I get around to making an appointment or figuring it out or getting it on my schedule, I'm, I feel fine again. And I cancel, Yeah, you know, did I actually deal with whatever it is? No. So I myself went ahead and got online and scheduled an appointment for Thursday. I have nothing, currently wrong with me, but I was like, you know, listening to everybody's stories. And if everybody kind of had a therapist on retainer, (laughs) I think the world would be a better place. So I'm going to get my own therapist on retainer starting Thursday. Yeah, I think, I think that's great. And when you said that you were, you know, like, Hey, you know, we get therapy when something is wrong, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, but why don't we take the time when we feel well, right? Or we feel great and talk to somebody. And because it's, because it's just a good thing to do and have another perspective or, you know, or 
um, you know, are things really well, right? You just, right. you know, who knows what might come out. You might, it might come out that, oh, wow, well, you know, things, I'm not saying go to a therapist so you can find out that life is actually shit when you feel good, right? But, you know, it's, um, it was really, you're, I can't wait to hear how it goes for you because um, I was like, yeah, you know, that's, it's not a bad idea because I've been to therapy a, a hundred times, you know, mm-hmm. in, in my life when I felt like my life was at, Right. Spiraling out of control. And I was like, I need somebody to help me rein this shit back in. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's great. And, and everybody, like you said, should talk to somebody like it. it I don't, up there, uh, you know, at the, at the, the lowest end of the spectrum, like even just opening up to like a closest of closest friends, right. Or, uh, you know, a religious figure, you know, your pastor, your, or your, you know, your family or whatever, but really a professional, if, if you can do it, talking to a professional, somebody who, who does this for a living and isn't a completely should be unbiased, right. Um, right. impartial party to just be like, that's somebody that can just give you a different perspective on, on whatever it is that you have, you know, well, you want to talk about. And you know, a lot, of, and I know a lot of people are like, well, I can't, it's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. So I have Blue Cross Blue Shield, which is probably, I would guess, one of the biggest insurance companies. Yeah. And I come to realize they have a, like a teledoc, an online, you know, Zoom sort of setup with licensed therapists. The first three are free and then it's only $10. Oh, it's $10 for a one hour session. Uh, I think basically unlimited. I'm sure that there's some sort of limits on it, but I don't, I don't anticipate hitting those. But you know, I'm like 10 bucks, you know? Yeah. And I, would I guess most people's insurance have <clears throat> something similar these days. I'll tell you what, $10 is cheaper than, um, you know, buying a gallon of vodka every week. Sure. Or Amazon shopping. Right. Or whatever, or, whatever you're doing yeah. to make yourself feel better. Right. So how about, right. you know, do something like that. I think it's a great yeah. idea. Everybody yeah. go, go get a therapist. I'm going right. to look into it. I have, I have care first blue cross blue shield, which I, which is like some, so it's, but it's, it's like HMOE, I think, but I, I think that I probably have access to it too. I just have to look into it. Yeah. Cause I think it's blue cross in general's system. Cause like we have the federal plan, you know, cause blue cross, I guess has a bunch of, li- I don't know. I'm not an insurance expert, but no, um, we should get no, into that though. I'm not. Oh my God. Add that I, to her. I'll tell you what I insurance stresses me out. This mm-hmm. is the first time I think it's worked in my favor. So, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I think we had amazing feedback. Um, you know, we are not professionals. We're just people giving our experiences and opinions and, um, you know, sharing. But, you know, it was, it's incredible to see how many people are in the same situation. It's incredible and scary, right? Yeah, it really is. Because I I would guess that um, every woman has had some experience. I'm not saying every woman's been raped or molested, but I mean, even, you know, if you haven't, you've had some uncomfortable situation in a bar, like, like inappropriate, inappropriate, you know? So yeah. And and thank you everybody for, you know, giving, you know, letting us know how you feel and how we've reached you. And I think that's really cool. Um, But today we're going to do something a little different and kind of get back out of the deep, the deep, dark, um, hard to deal with conversations. And we're going to do, uh, ask, ask us anything. And we put it out on uh, our Facebook discussion group and uh, our team page and really just out in general. And we said, Hey, 
ask us literally ask us anything. Mm-hmm. So and you guys know we like the hard shit. So um, we got some really good questions. So that's what we're going to do today. Yeah, we got about 30 questions, honestly. So thought we'd spin through some of them and see where it takes us. Um, so honestly, let's just do, do you want to start. So let's start on this one. And for people who posted in the forum, I am going to say your name because I assume it's not private. Say first names, but maybe not last names, I think. So one, um, one of the questions we got that is a good one to launch on is from Amy. And she said, how do you get restarted when you have an incredibly long way to go to lose weight? What's the thought process? So I thought this was a, a good one to start with because there's a lot of people probably thinking the same thing, right? Like, I have so far to go. It's overwhelming. So I'm just not going to start. And we talked about this in an earlier podcast. But I think, one, uh, I think the best piece of advice, two pieces of advice if you're in that situation, is one, get some help, right? Because you're already telling me that it's beyond something you feel like you can do. So go find a coach, a class, a therapist, something. And then my other piece of advice would be, like we talked about before, just one thing. Keep it small. Pick one thing to work on at a time and pick something easy and get that under control and then add. If you are thinking in the terms of I have so far to go, I've got, you know, it's this big thing to deal with, it'll be overwhelming. Yeah. So pick one thing at a time and just start. Start doing something. Right. And, and I'll add I, I 100% with all, you know, little things like, you know, we always say, start with water, right? Start right. with sleep. Start with, you know, the things that are just going to make you feel better overall. Just, you know, instead of calorie restricting and trying to, you know, do all these other things, you know, start with just adding some vegetables. Start with adding some fruit. Start with adding some protein. You know, go for a walk. Little, little, right. little things, one at a time. Don't try to do them all at once. Yeah. And definitely... You know, if you can afford to do so, you know, um, hire a professional that can help you with that. If you can't, there there really are a lot of cool little apps and stuff that you can kind of, you know, kind of help you along the way um, with those things. Um, but you also, um, if you gained all this weight, so maybe you had lost uh, all the weight and you gained it back, you know, those kind of situations, um, don't keep comparing yourself to where you were and feeling bad about where you are now, right? Because where you are now is where you are now. You can't go back in time and say, oh, I wish I hadn't, you know, gained all this weight. Um, I'll never get back to where I was. We'll stop thinking in those terms because whether, whether you're, you will or you won't, you're right. Right. So if you, you just have, you, you're, you're restarting, right? You're starting all over and that's okay. Stop comparing to where you were once upon a time. Um, and, and thinking you'll never get back there because, you know, you're at a different place now and you have to, now you have to move forward because what I always tell people, I got news for you. You can keep going in this direction, right? But it does not get better, right? Right. If you don't stop the madness right here and right now, it will not get better. In fact, I a hundred percent guarantee you it will get worse. So, right. Right. So you, you got to just make the decision, stop, you know, stop fucking around and just make these little tiny one just one thing choices right and and they add on to each other and over time you know it'll happen for you if you're consistent with it and, you know and pick something fun <clears throat> first people always want to like start with like something that super sucks and then you know it lasts like five minutes 
Yeah, like, you know what, if you actually don't enjoy lifting weights, then don't yeah, go lift don't weights right at, right at first. Go take yeah. Zumba or right. or get a treadmill, you know, walk, just go for a walk around your neighborhood or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Find the thing that you actually enjoy and start there. Yes. Just 100%. move, move, move. All right. Next question. Okay. Um, I know we said we were going to go in order. Um, so I'll do this one from Vicki. Um, and I'm not going to give kind of the detail behind it. I don't think, cause she sent you this as a, as a personal PM, she didn't post it on the page. Um, mm-hmm. what are your insecurities and vulnerabilities? What is something you continue to strive to improve about yourself? Um, I guess since you answered first on the question you asked, I'll answer this one. What are my insecurities and vulnerabilities? Um, gosh, I know I have insecurities. You know, um, I'm always afraid. My, I guess I am insecure about whether or not um, I'm a good enough mom. I have, like, massive mom guilt all the time. And I know a lot of my mom insecure. I think a lot of moms, dads probably have it too, um, are uh, insecure. I think mine come from the fact that I sure as hell had no mom role models. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. I think most of us don't. But I had no parenting role model, so I really don't know, you know, I know what bad parenting is <laughs> or, or lack of parenting is. Um, that and, and I think that I am insecure sometimes about my coaching ability. I don't know, I don't know why. I know I'm a good coach, but I always, I, I get into the compare myself against other coaches game, right, especially in the bodybuilding world and, and wonder if I'm, if I'm, you know, good enough or, you know, um, getting, giving my clients what, you know, the best that they, they could get. And, and I, and I give myself reality checks and thankfully my clients tell me too, but, um, I would say those are some insecurities, um, for me, um, is, and what is something I'm striving to, to improve on myself? You know, the biggest thing I'm actually trying to improve on myself all the time, and this has really been in the last several years is to be, um, more empathetic. Um, to others' situations, um, to be less judgmental, because um, I I was the overly opinionated. I would judge everybody. Well, get the fuck, you know, just fucking do it, and you know, what, what's your problem? And you just need to whatever. Um, but I have really enjoyed stretching myself and learning how to see others' perspectives, um, whether or not I agree with them is not what I'm trying, you know, I, I don't need to agree, but I really do like to see other people's perspectives and learn those things. Like, you know, you and I having the conversation really quickly at the beginning of the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. That was a, that way I had not thought of it that way. And I, and I'm glad that you pointed that out. I still may not ag- agree that that is the way it is, but that doesn't matter. At least now I have another, I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't think of it that way. And I enjoy getting that from, um, from people that, you know, are willing to have conversations with me that we may not actually agree on it, but I want to hear somebody else's take and it doesn't have to be a a fight and then we're not friends anymore. Right. (laughs) Just like, I just like to, so that's something I've been working on. What about you? Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, I'll start by saying when I got this question from Vicky, I was like, yes, that's an amazing question because it's strangely something I, in the last couple of weeks have been pondering myself about 
you know, how much of my actions or how much of the things I'm perceiving that are going on are not really happening. And it's actually me just having a weird insecurity, which you would think at 40, I would have pondered that before, but it's kind of happening for the first time. And the genesis of her question a little bit, and I don't think she'd mind me sharing was, I think she's having a little bit of the same thing where, um, you know, she's feels insecure and vulnerable about things as we all do, but is just now realizing like, Oh my God, it's not just me. Everybody's got their thing. And she kind of said to me that she's some women that she really looks up to recently. She's had conversations and they've talked about things that they're insecure and vulnerable, vulnerable about. And she just had never realized, right. She, th- she always thought like if somebody's got it all together and is confident in this and that, then clearly they don't struggle with insecurities. And those are just for people who appear to be weak. And I'll tell you, that is so factually not true. I think everybody, everybody. has insecurities. I don't care who you are, what you portray everybody on fucking social media. Everybody has them. I mean, unless you're a sociopath, I think mm. they're probably the only ones that escape it. Maybe. <laughs> right? Because but you know what? They could be insecure about whether or not they are really, truly a good enough sociopath. That is true. Uh, you know, know, I bet they do. Because they might strive to be more so sociopathic, like the than best, another the best, yeah, sociopath, the best there is. sociopath around. Right, and we pretty- know, and we know this from from the true mm-hmm. crime stuff. So, how many, you know, uh, serial murderers were trying to outdo some other serial right. murderer? Right. So, absolutely, sociopath. Yeah, if, if that's you, if you're a serial killer, listening to this. Feeling insecure, you should go talk to somebody. Yeah, don't strive to be a better Today. serial killer than the other guy. <laughs> go talk stop to somebody. It. Right to stop right. this podcast. Talking now. Go talk to a therapist. So anyway, um, I won't lie. Like I spent some, I lost some sleep this week, not in a bad way, thinking about this question. And uh, I think I have tons of insecurities and vulnerabilities. I think the one, the big aha moment recently to me is my insecurities with personal relationships, right? Which, you know, I've always thought like, if I'm still feeling insecure about personal relationships with other women at 40 years old, what's wrong with me? Don't we leave that behind in high school? Like, why do I still worry about, am I being left out? Are they all hanging out without me? Are, is she mad at me? Did we had I a conversation that? about that recently. Right, I, and sure so we, did. And that's, that's actually what stoked the fire on this question for me. Um, so in Florida, I, something had happened that was bothered me with a friend. And I had told you like, this thing had bothered me. And actually, as I was talking about it to you, I realized like, wait a minute, the situation that I'm talking about, how am I going to deal with the situation and this friend? It was all fucking made up in my head. Mm-hmm. It was me reacting to my insecurity that somebody will be mad at me. Somebody won't want to be my friend anymore. I'll get kicked out of the group or whatever, the insecurity of personal relationships. And I was creating this scenario in response to my own insecurity and kind of inflicting that on, on this friend and come to find out it's actually factual. The person wasn't mad at me. There was no fucking problem in the world. These other people who I also thought were part of this weird, um, you know, situation, they were doing their own thing. Like one chick had her own thing going on, her own problem going on. You know, it was just all this weird perception that typically, because the way my personality works, I'm like, uh-oh, here's a problem. I have two options. 
I either have to solve everybody's problem and make them all happy, or if I can't do that, I got to get out as fast as I can so I don't get hurt. And I think that's been my MO. And I just kind of forced myself to sit back in this recent situation, sit back and do nothing, which is very hard for me. And sure as shit, it was all made up, yeah. right? <clears throat> it was all made up. And so that was just an enlightening, an enlightening highlight of, I guess, an, an insecurity, right? Like people aren't doing things to me. I'm just, you know, responding the way I've always, always responded for a lot of reasons, right? Like hey, I there's learned, something you can talk to your therapist about. Yeah, I mean, and I, I learned I learned these response, you know, mechanisms as a young child. Yeah, right. You either make everybody happy, or you get out of the situation. Yep. Right. You know. So anyway, I thought that was really interesting. That was definitely an insecurity, and then, you know, I think all the I suffer from all the normal things. Like I worry about getting older. I worry about. Uh, the parenting thing, for sure, you know. Speaking of parenting, are your kids home again today? So. <laughs> I, I just saw you should yeah, take somebody away. And I'm like, who's right. in your house? They're supposed to be in fucking school. Um, Katie's sick. So. Oh. Yeah. So Katie, my oldest, you know this, but other people might not. She has asthma. And we've had a really good run, but she was up coughing all last night. Mm. I was real tempted to just send her. But she's never missed a school and said she didn't feel good. And I'm like, I got to watch this because she's been hospitalized a few times for asthma. So anyway, yeah, so she's okay. home. And that was her trying to ask for a lollipop. So I'm feeling <laughs> like she may not be as sick as I thought. Yeah. So anyway, great question. I love this question. It's a tough one. It's a deep one. I think everybody should spend some time like just kind of, you know, I think my new practice is like I'm having a yucky feeling is this a real feeling or am I responding to some sort of like habitual insecurity? Well, and, and I'll, I'll just add on, I don't want to spend a hundred hours on this, but um, my insecurity about being a mom, you know, to my teenage son comes out in my anxiety and in mm -hmm. my anxiety, it comes out at me being angry at him. And like, we, right. we just had this conversation via text message when he was at school last Friday and it was something over his grades. And, and I have an amazing kid. My kid is an awesome kid. He struggled with, I mean, until he was in middle school, he was in special education and he had behavioral issues. And it was all, all this stuff going on. And now he is this like incredibly wonderful teenage boy who was a Taekwondo instructor and a second degree black belt. And he wants to go in the militaries and ROTC and he's all these wonderful things. Um, and it's funny because when he was having all those behavioral issues, he was getting straight A's, right? So as a student, he was doing wonderfully, but of course he was in classes of like eight kids and had no life outside of people trying to fix his behavioral issues. And then, you know, now he's in high school and he's got, all I ever wanted was for my kid to have a real life, right? Like be able to be a real kid. Um, and not have all this adversity in his life. And now he's got friends and, you know, the girls love him and this, all this stuff, but his grades aren't as good as they used to be. And so I panic, right? And I'm like, okay, I must not be doing the right things. You know, I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't let my kid work and maybe I shouldn't let him play video games or maybe I should do this and the other thing. Um, because he's not, I mean, and when I say his grades aren't what they used to be, now they're like an A, most, it's mostly Bs, right? It's not straight A's anymore. And, and it comes out in me being angry at him. But the reality is 
it's my insecurity. Like I'm like, I am somehow failing as a parent. And I always tell them, I'm just like, everything you do is a reflection on me as a parent. And so if he's getting B's and he's no longer getting straight A's, that means I am somehow a failure as a parent because that's my, that's my perfectionist issue. Gee, I think I just uncovered some much. Some I was going to say, oh, maybe you have a therapy appointment coming I, up too. Maybe I, you know what, Randy? I actually do. I'm like, maybe things actually aren't fine. Jesus fucking Christ. Thanks guys for making me, for bringing up all my shit. Um, but yeah, I do. I do have something to talk to a therapist about. Gee whiz. I wonder why I have these issues again. You know, uh, you know, these sort of perfectionists I want anyway. Um, but that's what it is. And I have to kind of settle myself down and, and explain to him. I'm like, I'm sorry. And I do have anxiety, right? So I have anxiety. I've suffered from depression many times in the past. I am medicated. <laughs> I am not self-medicated. I'm actually professionally medicated for my anxiety and it helps. Um, and I have a lot of coping, me- coping mechanisms, but some of that stuff still comes out. So, um, yeah. So anyway, Good, um, good therapy session. Who needs a professional? Um, all right. The next question I think is yours to ask. Yep. So here's a turning, uh, turning a corner a little bit. Have you ever had to tell a client mid prep that they'll not be ready for the stage and need more time? Absolutely. hundred percent. Many, many, many times. All the time. All, all the, time. the time. Honestly, I feel like I tell clients more often than not that, the timeline isn't right. We are not ready. We have to push it. And oftentimes, sometimes it's the client's doing. Oftentimes it's really not. It's just, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen. And, yep. you know, we just need more time. Yeah. And, and I think especially because you, you work with our pre-prep clients, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably super common in, in, uh, in your world, but in mine too. I mean, I've had clients come to me who have competed before or they're brand new, or again, I don't have a crystal ball. I, you know, can think that we, you know, we've got them in a good place metabolically before we start prep. Um, and you know, the body just does some, some stupid shit or, um, things happen right in their, in their lives. And suddenly, you know, stress goes through the roof and that's not the other thing. And sometimes I have to say, you know, what, maybe this just isn't the right time, you know, let's, let's back off or let's pick a different show date. Um, absolutely happens all the time. And, um, it's a, it's a tough conversation to have with clients. Trust me. It's one I fucking hate to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a, as a, as a good coach, it's one you absolutely need to have because it does the client or me, nor me any good to, for them to get on stage half-assed. I mean, it it doesn't, you know, do, do, you don't want to have that experience and, um, and I don't want them to have that experience. So, yep. It's it's a tough conversation. That was a good question. Yep. All right. Next question. Uh, top three pet peeves that clients do not drinking enough water cannot be on there. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So, um, Top three clients that, that top three pet peeves that clients do. Can it be what they don't do? Um, make excuses yeah. for everything, right? So, so, uh, so I'll go back to that whole episode we did on I want to compete, but, right? So conflicting things, saying I want to compete, but then can I also have a drink now and then? And can I also do this? And can I do that? And can I do this? And just, you know... That's one of them. And then I think I'll add on to that. So we'll call it number two 
is um, everybody wants to do the fucking minimum possible to be successful. And it's instead of thinking of it in terms of, well, let me see um, what's the least I can do and still get there. How about we say, what's the fucking most I can do to be successful? I want to do every fucking thing possible to be successful at this. Um, so having that kind of like, I just want to do the minimum kind of attitude. Um, and God, not fucking checking in on time. Right. I was just, I was just sitting here thinking that one. I'm like habitually late or one of my biggest pet peeves. Now I have clients who will let me know, like yes. something happened. I can't, I won't be checking in today. I'll get it tomorrow. Yeah. No problem. That's okay. But the people, the Monday check-ins that I get fucking Wednesday at mm. two, nope. you know, or like habitually. And it kind of, sometimes I do get annoyed because I'm like, do you just think I sit here all day waiting? You know, if you send me your fucking check-in at 830 at night, yeah. you're going to get it when you get it, right. which is also not a lie or also not true because I stress out and then yep. I jump through my ass to get it back to them. It feels like it's, they don't. They, one, don't value our time when they are chronically late. We are not talking about the occasional when you let us know. That's not a big deal. When you are constant, when you're always late, you're chronically late, you're not valuing our time and you're not. It's not a priority to you. It's not a priority to you, which Mm -hmm. means to me, if you can't even schedule your time appropriately to make sure your check-in is in on time, then the rest of what you're doing is also probably all over the fucking place. Right. right. So it means if, if, if that one little thing that you can't make sure is done, then what, you know, what else is going on? What, so what's more right. of yours? Um, another one of mine, and this you might find weird is when <laughs> people have money problems. I don't know how I don't to find that. it weird. And I do know that this is a pet peeve of yours. <laughs> right. So, and I'm not talking about like your credit card got fucked up and it's not even has nothing. It doesn't even have anything to do with paying me, but I have a problem if, you know, you're, you're not able to pay your bills and that's an excuse to me why you're not doing what you're supposed to do because you don't have money to, and you're all stressed out because your car broke down and you don't have money to, then why are, what are you doing? Right. And it comes down to like priorities being out of line. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a lot of sympathy for people who are trying to do this very expensive thing and say they don't have money. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I'm with you know? you. Oh, okay. And I, and it honestly, it usually annoys me because it's just an excuse, right? right. It's, just, it's usually just a, one of the long list of excuses why you didn't do your shit. Because most of the people who have money problems and payments are always failing. Again, we're not talking about people whose cards expire or whatever, you know, people, whatever the fuck. But if it's failing and failing and failing and failing and failing every single fucking time, then yes. the rest of their shit with us is also fucked up, right? And like, you know they're what? also is- not logging and they're also not, it's just- it is- it's all a symptom of all the shit. It actually is. Honestly, like the chronic money people yep. are also chronically late, excuses, not doing what they're supposed to do. It is. It's just yep. a symptom. And there's almost a clear correlation in yep. my experience. I, I absolutely agree. Between yep. money problems and just you, like nothing else. You're not holding yourself accountable anywhere in life. Yep. And anyway, so that's a pet peeve of mine. Um what else? You know, obviously there's obvious ones like lying 
right? Like I know when you're lying to me, but I don't, yeah. I don't feel like I have a whole ton of those anymore. Yeah. Um, but you're not fooling anybody. Mm-hmm. That's just annoying. Yeah. But by, you know, by and large, it's just really like basic nonsense. It's so easy, right? It's just, it's again, it's like, you know, schedule your, yeah, do what, do what you're supposed to do. and We won't be annoyed. Have a good day. Have a great day. All right, you're on the next one. Day. Um. So here's one from Kelly, and maybe you know what this means because I actually don't. But she asked, "What do you guys think of the all-in concept? Do you know what that is?" I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think it might be the black and white thinking. Um, Okay, that's what I was hoping. All or nothing. Um, concept, uh, you know, um, it may be if like, we're talking about in terms of competitors, um, I'm, I'm wondering if she's referring to the fact that like, okay, there are people, there are competitors who are a hundred percent on point all the time, every day, 365 days a year for their entire life, career and competing, whatever, right. Never miss a meal never have a treat meal, never, 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 whatever. There are people who claim to do that. I'm not sure that's true. Everybody's got a different version of that. Um, but I say if, if it's done, if it's healthy, right. If it's done in a healthy way, I mean, okay, fine. Um, but if it's to the point of like obsession and other things in life are, that might be important to you are not, getting attention because you've decided to be a hundred percent all in on this other thing. I think that could be a problem. Um, I personally prefer a little bit more balance, but balance, what balance is to me is going to be different for every person. Right. So I think it really, you have to understand who you are as a person, what's important to you as a person. Um, in your competition life and outside of your competition life. So if competing is your life, I think that's a whole other issue. But if, right. you know, if if that is your life and that's what you want to give 100% of your time to, but if you have if you have a husband, a kid, and dogs, and a job, and uh, friends, and family, and other things you want to be sure are also important in your life, then you may not be able to be 100%. You might have to be like 80-20, right? And I'm not just talking about on diet. I'm, I'm just talking about and what you give your attention to. I think that's what that question is. Yeah. I mean, definitely like if you're in a training prep cycle, you have to be all in. That goes without saying. Yes. But I don't think even a professional athlete isn't all in all the time. Right. Nobody can function like that. So, and if anybody's thinking they can be or should be, I don't think that's realistic. Right. You know, so... I think really what's important is you think of your life in different cycles. I also think you should try different sports. I don't think anybody should be all bodybuilding all the time. Nobody should be all running all the time. Nobody should be all whatever the fuck it is all the time. As an athlete, you have to do different things, you know? Yeah. Or you will never, you won't have the mental energy or excitement about the primary sport you're in. If you were just beating it to death. Yeah. So that's right. That's my opinion. All right, next one. Um, I, I'm going to ask this. I'm going to do this one from Natalie because it's just one of my favorites. Hopefully we won't spend an hour on it. How do you feel about the use of steroids and other performance-enhancing drugs? Simple. Well, that's easy. Fucking stupid. Fucking stop it. Um, this is me. I always say, oh, I try not to judge people who do, but you know what? I'm going to. 
because it's, it's illegal. Okay. The number one thing is it's fucking illegal. Right. So, so if you're getting them from a quote unquote doctor or whatever, you know, or you're doing it in safe amounts or whatever, it's fucking illegal first and foremost. So fucking stop. And for women in particular, um, I mean, if you want to grow a, a penis um, and a large clitoris, um, if you want to get an, a square jaw and have uh, man hair on your body and sound like a dude um, and look start to look like a dude, fucking go for it, I guess. Um, but here, you know, I, I, I am, I'm, I'm saying all of this in jest, but in all seriousness, um, what the saddest thing I think right about women in particular using performance enhancing drugs is that it's a self-esteem issue and it is women trying to win at all costs. Um, uh, you know, a plastic trophy or whatever the fuck. Um, I think I'm not going to say it's cheating because it's not cheating if you're not using and trying to compete in a drug tested organization. It's not cheating. You're just fucking using drugs to, um, to more quickly get to, uh, you know, a particular goal or to maybe overstretch your genetics or, or what have you. Um, but yeah, just, it's, it's, it's not worth, um, what it does to you. It's, it's just not, and, and, and it's illegal. So just fucking don't. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever because you're not doing the sport to make any money, right? Like professional baseball players using stuff or whatever okay, you have multi-million dollar contracts. I right. don't know. I, I can, like, it's still illegal, but yeah, I kind of see. Well, where. I can see that. I, I, I say the same thing. I could see, okay, if I'm a fucking football player, one, I need to be able to recover from the fucking beating I'm taking every day. And yes, performance enhancing drugs help with that. And two, I'm going to be the biggest, baddest, strongest motherfucker on the field, or I'm not going to get $500 million, Right. But if you're fucking trying to get a plastic trophy, right. I don't care if you're in the IFBB and you think you're going to be, you know, uh, Miss Olympia. Yeah, you and about 500 million other women taking steroids also think the same thing. So just no. It's just, no. it's insane. There's no, no reason. Insane. There's no reason, no purpose. Nope. Stop it. Stop it. Just don't. Just don't. Right. You're going to look like a dude, so just fucking don't. Yeah, it's just bizarre to it's me. It's not pretty. If, I mean, my thing would be if you want to take performance-enhancing drugs, if that's really what you want to do, then go find a sport that you can either go to the Olympics or make mad cash at, and then then do your drugs if you really want right, to. Right, but then you're going to get drug tested because uh, the Olympics drug test, and then you're going to fail, and then you're going to look like a moron anyway. So bye. Yeah, bye. no, that's bye, true. Fel- bye, Felicia. Bye. Don't do it. I guess unless you're Russian, right? Didn't they just get busted? They were doing <laughs> using all sorts of drugs. Anywho, all right, so here's a good question. Save or splurge, what are the things that are worth saving your money on and what are the things that you should spend your money on? Examples, organic food, workout clothing, et cetera, et cetera. All right, you're going to go first? Yeah, well, so I'll start by saying um, I am very financially conservative and very thrifty, and there are not a lot of things that I think you need to spend splurge on, right? Because most everything you can find in a very affordable way. Um, organic food, that, I mean, that's a, a great example of, you know, I was just having a conversation with a friend whose sister is an environmental lawyer, and she's working on a case where there's a massive farm, and I obviously won't say the farm, 
but it's an organic farm. And um, some pipeline people came through and dumped chemicals, pesticides all over this farm by accident. Like massive. So this is no longer organic? <laughs> no, nope. it is still considered organic. Yeah. And that's my thing with organic food is it's not what you think it is all nope. the time. It's just very Organic expensive. food does have pesticides on it. There is no food truly that does not from, from my research and understanding and reading. So, um, and then, I mean, same with like, um, the cattle industry. I have a friend whose family is a huge, huge cattle farmers and they go crazy when they talk about the organic, um, cattle farming because they say, you know, organic cows are typically sick cows, right? Because if you take out all of the things that we now have in our culture that you need to stay well, now you have sick cows. Yep. So, um, so honestly, by and large, I don't think there's a lot in life you need to splurge on. Uh, but I am very financial. Like I buy my clothes at Walmart, or I actually buy most everything now secondhand. Right. I try to buy everything secondhand. Thrift stores. I buy my food as inexpensive. I love to use all the imperfect produce and all of these kind of. Um, organizations or companies that are now taking the food, the food waste and now using it. I just started using something called, um, it's a cheaper version of Hello Fresh called Every Plate. And I love it because everything comes in. And you the, are not, a, this is not a paid endorsement. <coughs> not, but everything comes in the size you need. So like, I guess my big thing right now is like avoiding waste. Mm-hmm. And if you avoid waste, you're going to save yep. so much money. I'm with you on the organic stuff. I don't, I don't spend money. I do not spend a ton of money on food every once in a while. I'll get some little specialty thing. Like I always get myself in trouble when I make my way down to the Wegmans um, because they're, I like, I like their crab meat. So on the rare occasion, I'll make it like crab cakes, which is a splurge, but on the rare occasion I do that. And then I find myself in their, in their section of like, Oh my God, edible cookie dough, which I fucking bought. Wegmans is amazing. Yeah. So I try to stay out of Wegmans for that reason. I'm an Aldi shopper. Um, so I don't have a lot of, I, I get what I need from them and it's incredibly cheap and actually quite a bit of their stuff actually is organic and I don't have to spend extra for it. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, food, I don't spend a shit ton of money on food. Um, for me, I mean, and this is just a personal thing and it's not a workout thing. It's, um, my, we are not material people. We don't buy a lot of stuff. Uh, my, my family, my husband and I, but we do like experiences. Um, so we're all about like, you know, we'll go to the occasional concert that we really want to go to or, you know, a trip or, you know, some kind of experience like that. Those are things we'll spend our money on. Um, and as you well know, and most people know, I am, um, I am a Lululemon um, addict. So although I have, because my Lululemon lasts forever and ever, amen, because I treat it very well. It's very expensive, um, but I treat it really well. So honestly, I have a lot of it, but I don't have to buy much anymore. And I've been really good about not buying because it lasts forever. Um, So I will spend my money on that. But um, everything else for me, I'm a TJ Maxx girl. I'm a Target girl. Um, I don't do Walmart much just because I hate the Walmart in our community. So it's really just, you know, so yeah, I don't, I don't spend money. I don't own 500 pairs of shoes. I don't, um, I don't, I don't spend that kind of money No. So, so I will um, say the one thing that's probably worth investing in are good shoes. Right. Yes, definitely. Tennis um, for working out. And sure. 
And, you know, if you do any kind of running whatsoever or have knee problems or hip problems or back problems, you should go get fitted because people typically are not wearing the right size or right style of shoes. I do. That's probably the one thing that I will spend like primary money on. But also, you know, I've been fitted and I ran, I, I ran as a tester for Brooks for years. So I get a lot of Brooks shoes. Um, but now, even now that I know what I wear, I'll go and buy on eBay shoes that are two seasons ago at half yeah. the price. So, um, really, yeah. I, I do the day. same thing. Yeah. You know, and listen, here's another PSA. If you're, if you don't have, if you're not making your bills, if you don't have money, safety money put away, if you're not putting money in your retirement and your college fund, you should not be putting money in a hobby. You know, just, yep. it's not, that's not good life skills. All right. Next question. Um, would either of you ever compete again? Why or why not? Um, so uh, while I never say never to anything in life, no, I am never going to compete again. But also keep in mind, I never say never. So, um, but no, I have, I have absolutely no desire to ever compete again. The reason why is I have, I don't have a strong enough why to do it. Um, you know, I've told people before, you know, my, uh, Eric and I both retired in 2012 from competing. Um, I had won several pro cards. I won a pro title. Um, we realized at that point we had been competing our whole, uh, our pretty much our whole, our son's whole life. And at that point, I think he, he was 12. So yeah. Or something, something along the, whatever, however he was, he was younger than that. Um, and you know, it had taken a huge toll on our family. So we both retired, um, and worked on our family, getting things back in order there. Um, Eric came out of retirement and got on stage. Um, and I had to look at the poster 2018. Cause I don't know what year it is. And, um, I got super lean that year too. And because I was doing a photo shoot for my 45th birthday and I was literally like maybe three, four pounds away from what would have been my stage weight. And I was like, well, if Eric's competing, I'm going to compete too, because that makes sense because yeah, again, not a strong enough why. And I realized, and I think Brandy helped me realize because I was already acting like a fucking lunatic about <laughs> it, um, that it was not. <laughs> a smart idea. And, um, and I just realized I don't, I don't need to, I have absolutely nothing else to prove. And, um, I like focusing on my clients. I get to still be a part of the sport, which is what I love. I don't need to be on stage. I don't need somebody. I do not need a panel of fucking judges telling me if I am good enough for whatever the fuck. Um, cause I know I'm amazing. Um, and so I don't, I don't need a trophy to tell me as much. Um, yeah, I'm just not competitive in that arena anymore. Now I now quite honestly, I you know, jokes aside, I just want to be the best coach I can be and the best mom I could be, um, friend, wife, all those things. They're more important to me than um getting on stage. Plus I don't want to suffer. I have suffered enough for this sport, right? Uh, the suck isn't worth it for me anymore, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's just not. That's funny because I do remember, yeah, you were gonna I always joke with you because I say that was the year you were gonna do bikini figure women and men's bodybuilding all no. in one show. Okay, I wasn't actually going to do one. And no, it was going to be on several different shows. I was like, I'm going to do remember all being of like, them. Okay. So that's a plan. Let's explore other options. No. Yeah. I realized it didn't take that long for me to realize that. It was about, it was about a month and I was like, Oh, we're not all going to live through this. If nope. we do this. Nope, we're not. And, uh, yep. yeah, this yep. is going to be bad, a bad look for us all. Well, so I competed one year back in, it was either 2005 or 2006. Um, 
I did it very half-assed and it was very sad because I looked amazing back then, just naturally, right? Like, like living on vodka and cigarettes, I looked extraordinary. And if I put in even one ounce of effort, it would have been great. <laughs> but I put in no effort because I was, I like to party. Um, so I did like one year and it really got in the way of my partying. So, <laughs> um, so as you know, a few years ago, I said, okay, I'm going to compete. But yeah, it did come down to the why. And I think there's two reasons why it's likely I will not make a 20-year-plus stage re-debut. One is I do this all day long with clients. And it really, just in general, I mean, I won't lie to everybody. Doing this as a coach impacts your own training and nutrition. Because when I sit here and do all day long, talking to everybody, helping everybody, planning and programming, even though it's on my list to do my own planning and programming, I'm like, fuck this shit. Like <laughs> I cannot, I can't, right? Mm -hmm. I can't, I don't, I can't and I won't. So it definitely impacts, like if I think, God, I would have to add basically one more client to my list and that would be me. And it's just, it would, I'm just get burnt out. And then the other thing, obviously the main reason is I'm involved in so many other things and I'm having a big, uh, you know, I, I guess you could technically say I'm making a push to get my toe in the Olympic door uh, as far as writing. And so that clearly takes a lot of focus and it would, as much as I'd say like, Oh yeah, I'd love to like do a season and see what I can do, especially at this age now that I don't party and yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact is you just have to make life decisions, right? Right. And it's unrealistic to do it all. So I, I would never say never, but not today. The answer is I don't see either of us doing it today. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm good. Next um, question. Next one's yours. It's me, right? Here's a fun one. What's your favorite alcoholic beverage? This is from Kelly. <laughs> and I know living on vodka. I know Kelly's like probably making, you know, teasing when she says this. But I Right. And Kelly, special. by the way, is the one you got to listen to the interview. If you listen to uh, podcast 10, mm -hmm. that's, that's Kelly. So from party, party girl to bikini pro and that you can see why she's asking this question. So you go, Brandy. What's your favorite alcoholic beverage? Well, so I would definitely say it has habitually been like a martini or something like that. Or, you know, for a while I really enjoyed wine, but I've developed a histamine allergy. So I can't drink wine. I can hardly drink beer. And as you saw in Florida, sometimes even alcohol gets to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm sad to say like, really these days, it's like maybe a truly, maybe a truly at like, you know, an outdoor park or whatever. That's about, that's about all I do these days. <laughs> truly in the outdoors. <laughs> yeah, truly in the outdoors. At an outdoor park, in a paper bag by yeah. myself. In a paper bag, <laughs> sitting under a pe yeah. At noon, did I mention it's at noon? At noon on a Monday. <laughs> yeah, did I mention? Did I mention that part? Well, oh, I can't remember. Check-ins. <laughs> <laughs> Rocking back and forth. Yeah, that's um, my life. What's my favorite? Um, so my favorite has been really, so I love uh, vodka in the summer and red wine in the winter, but now I can't have wine at all. Um, and so I would, I would probably say my, my absolute favorite is vodka. And I usually just drink it with, <coughs> excuse me, with diet tonic water or um, like some, uh, you know, seltzer club soda or something, or I've been known to drink it straight up on the rocks. Um, 
But dumb, dumb me. So we had a conversation about uh, alcohol in one of our podcasts, or I was saying how, you know, I have the heart palpitations. So you have the histamine, yeah. I have the heart palpitations. <laughs> and, you know, I've been on so many different medications for so fucking long. Um, and, you know, I'm on my second round of Accutane. And it prompted me to, you know, there are things, you know, you look up drug interactions when you first start taking something and then you just sort of forget about it, I think. And, um, you know, so, you know, Accutane is, um, like extremely high doses of vitamin A. It's for, um, it's for cystic acne and it's, it works wonderfully, but it's got horrible side effects. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, I have to have blood tests done because, you know, Accutane can basically like destroy your liver. And I was like, Hmm, alcohol, liver, Accutane, liver, liver and heart are connected. Let me do some research. And oh, yeah, guess what? Heart palpitations from people who drink while on Accutane. Ding, ding, ding. Um, So yeah, so um, yeah, so I can't, I'm not drinking. um, And you know, right now, um, until the medications are done, at least because I was just like, Oh, yeah, Tina, you're gonna give yourself a heart attack. Um, But anyway, that was more than the question asked. So vodka, I miss red wine desperately, because I really do love red wine in the wintertime. But you know, is what it is. It makes me feel like shit, so I can't have it. Man, so, but on that, so I'll, I'll give another quick PSA. If anybody goes to Vegas, there is a bar. It's actually a speakeasy, and you have to dig around online to find the phone number to get a reservation via text. Only like five people at a time are allowed in, but it's called the Laundry Room. And it's in the back of this amazing bar in old downtown Vegas. And they make the most extraordinary drinks from like Prohibition period. Oh, that sounds it, cool. Oh yeah, it's super cool. And I've had the best, like they're like cucumber fizz, whatever. They're all like these specialty drinks, but I'd rather have one super good drink in a super cool place right now than like 50,000 drinks in a dive bar. You mean like in Florida at Jesus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those were yeah. good. Although Deep Eddie's is another one of my favorites. I fucking love Deep Eddie's grapefruit vodka. So, um, all right. Next one, Kelly. No, we're not answering your question. Who's your favorite client? Stop it. No. No. You're all our favorite clients, except for the ones who do the pet peeve things that we mentioned, see above right. in podcast. Um, but, 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 but let me go back to <laughs> craziest thing you've ever seen backstage as a coach and as a competitor. Mm. Mm. Um, I'll tell you one. Of, uh, okay. I have a whole bunch, but you know, some of my favorites are, uh, People always ask me, can I have a drink before I go on stage? Um, um, yeah. So I know my clients are asking because, you know, they have anxiety and, you know, it'll help calm their nerves or whatever. But look, I have seen drunk on stage and yeah. it is not cute. Um, I know there are a lot of coaches out there that actually have their clients drink red wine or vodka or whatever because it, quote unquote, increases vascularity. Fucking stop it. Um, the, you know, if you've been coached appropriately, you have not had alcohol for probably months and months on end before you, uh, get to the whole being, even being backstage. So the last fucking thing you want to do is introduce alcohol at that moment. Um, so I've seen people drunk on stage, not cute, not pretty. Um, obviously, you know, some of the other dumb shit I see is people not drinking any water, right? So if you're, if you're being told to like cut your water multiple days in advance. So I see these poor people that are like, I had a client tell me she was, what was it telling? I forget who was telling me. She said she was drinking her water and had accidentally um, dropped a little bit of the water on herself. And she said, and everybody around me was like, they were like appalled. And I was like, 
were they appalled because you dropped water on yourself? And she said, no, they were appalled that I was drinking water. And she was like, yeah, well, my, my coach isn't an asshole. My, my coach actually knows what she's doing. So what the fuck? So but when you look at the cases of people who have died in bodybuilding competitions, it's because of dehydration. Yeah. Or performance enhancing drugs on top of causing well, further that causing as well. but, heart attacks and such. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dehydration yeah. is definitely a big one. Um, I don't know. I see so, the uh, other, I mean, honestly, I just, I'll tell you the most, there's so much crazy I see back the there. Most cringe, cringe worthy things we see at shows. I don't know why that was so hard to say. Um, is when people bless their hearts, get on stage without any posing experience. It's not even the right word. Yeah. It's like they got there and they're like, Oh, let me go out here and do weird, crazy. Or even worse. Somebody fucking taught them that. Or bless her heart, the girl, and I won't say when or where, but it was the first time she'd ever put on high heels on stage. And oh, she Brandy. Looked, um, and she I found like out it. she actually had a posing coach. That terrifies me. Yeah. Not only did she have a posing horrible. coach, but they, they, those, those particular posing coaches were congratulating her for being their client online. And I was like, ooh, if you had actually seen her in person, you probably would not want to claim that. I know that sounds horrible, but mm, nope. I don't think that's a good advertisement for you. Oh my God. It was, I was like, is she, I thought, is she, is she drunk or is she? Well, yeah, we thought she was drunk. I was like, maybe she's disabled. So I was trying not to, I I mean, I was like trying not to be judgy because I was like, okay, so maybe she's disabled and she can't walk, but nope, she was, she just couldn't walk in heels and she was a bikini competitor. She had (laughs) never, that was, didn't she say that's the first time she'd ever put on heels? She said, but I, when I saw who her posing coaches were, I got to imagine they made her and heels. I believe that was the first time she'd ever had them on. I don't know. That's what it looked like. Um, What's our next question? Pick one. Oh, is that that your whole story there? So let me backtrack one second. Did you have something else? I did think of one other pet peeve. And it's (laughs) when people ask for recipes. I don't get it. Like, uh, well, I can't, I never meet my macros calories and macros because you haven't given me recipes. You want what a fucking pot roast recipe? Like what do you, what is this recipe thing? And I know we've talked about it in other, we don't have to get back into it, but you know, it's this like, well, you didn't give me like, I don't know how to make a family friendly meal for fucking Google it. Next, right. Like, let me Google that for you. No, don't you guys just don't, don't do not ever ask me for a recipe. Cause here's your recipe. Lean protein, vegetables, and a healthy carb that fits in your numbers. There's your recipe. Right. <laughs> and, you, you know, forget about the fact that, oh, you know what? Here's another pet peeve. <laughs> Not reading the plethora oh, of information Louise. that we send time. out. And I know people aren't reading it, or at least going back to reference it, because every, all the questions that I get or all the mistakes I see made in their, you know, my fitness pal logs and things like that, are in the fucking nutrition program document, the flexible dieting rules of the road document, the flexible dieting rules of the road 90 minute webinar, the right. the my fitness pal macro hacks, the my fitness pal document, the I mean whoa, right. all the shit. I mean, cuz you know, we just put that shit out for our own health and not for anybody to actually read, Ooh. but um so. yeah, so that that's sort of maddening and and the I didn't meet my macros. Will you how? You're like, like okay. How? Like go Go do that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I don't. Uh, mm. So you either I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I don't. I, the recipe thing drives me crazy. And um, Google it. 
And the other thing on the <laughs> that drives me crazy is, like you were saying, when people ask me questions that are A, in the information, and B, things you could easily research. And it's not because I don't want to answer your questions. It's because you're not putting effort into it. Now, the flip side of that, what I sinking love is when somebody's like, hey, I saw this thing. I did this research. Here's what I'm thinking about it. What's your thoughts? Yep. Oh my God. I love, fucking love, love that. Love, love that. But the, you know, like, what's the color of water? You know, like, what do you, Google it. Google it for yourself. Yes. Um, and it's just, it's laziness. Yeah. And it's usually like just trying to, I guess, have a distraction. Well, and, you know, on one hand, I'm like, well, you know, I'm the coach and they're, you know, they're paying me for a service. So yes, I, you know, of course I can like give you some ideas of like soup recipes or, or whatever. Um, and I think some people are just kind of like looking for confirmation or permission or, you know, something, well, if coach says it, then it'll definitely be right. Instead of me having to guess and, and figure out if what this thing is on Google is right. I mean, you know, the parameters, right? So here's how you don't have to guess if the Google recipe you found is right. Does it have a lean protein? Does it have, you know, is it, right. does it have the things in it that we have discussed that you yes. need to have in your diet and does it fit your macros? Bing, bang, boom, bum, done. Right. Boop, that's it. All right. Next There's question. Your so actually everybody kind of raised this in a different way, shape or form, and we will make this brief. But the basic question is what makes a successful competitor and do we know right off the bat if somebody is going to be successful or not? And we've talked, we've talked about this a lot in a lot of ways, shapes, and forms. And there are definitely, in my experience, key indicators I'm looking for. Within the first week, I feel like 85% of the cases I know. I know if we're going to be able to do this or not. And it's the simple things we just talked about. Did you check in on time? Did you read the shit I gave you? Did you put the shit in your log, right? Did you do anything? <laughs> did you fucking you do any of the do? shit I told you to do? <laughs> right. right. Or did you come up with 100,000 excuses as to why you couldn't do the shit? Right. Right. So, I mean, that sounds really basic, but it's very true. And a large portion, you know, the first check-in is, I never got around to it. Or there's like one thing in your log. You didn't eat 70 calories all week and gain 10 pounds. Like, stop it. Um, uh, science had a party and left and didn't invite me. <laughs> I love that. None nope, of that science happened. did not have a party and right? not invite you. That's not how it works. So I think the answer is yes and yes. Like, being successful is obviously all the – like, you just have to basically follow directions because we are going to, you know, handhold you through this. Yeah. But what we can't do – is sit in your living room with a fucking recipe and cook you dinner at night or put your shit in your log or follow you to the gym or we can't do any of that. Right. So if you can do what you're told, you will be successful. And be invested in your own, in, in not just like this isn't a dictatorship. So yes, do what you're told, but also be invested in your own learning, um, your own journey, right? So do your right. own research, um, you know, things like that. Um, can, I, all, for all the same reason you just mentioned, can, can I tell if somebody's going to be successful, a successful competitor right off the bat? Now, successful competitor does not mean winning their pro card. So I want to make that very mm -hmm. clear. Right. Um, successful competitor is you set a plan in motion. You set a goal to get on stage and, and be the absolute best you could be. And, and you did it right. So that that's successful. I don't, we don't define success in pro cards and trophies and, or even how much weight somebody loses. 
Um, but I have also been pleasantly surprised. There have been people that yes. started off rough, right? And uh, we've had those clients jointly, I think, sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. um, that we're not sure. Um, even when they've left your pre-prep and they come over mm -hmm. to me, there's still some, mm, mm, right? No, right? Um, it could go either way. And there have been some that have just pleasantly surprised me. I'm working with a couple now that I'm just like, you know, um, even if I'm looking at just, because this will kind of, uh, I know Natalie had asked, um, if anybody, you know, if I, we ever had somebody that like just genetically was like never going to be able to compete or do well right. or whatever. So I'll kind of um, piggyback on that question with this. And there have been people I've seen in like relaxed poses, right? So the posing we ask them to do when they send their progress pictures. And then when I get, and I'm like, Ur. and then I get on posing and I'm like, wow, right. like, whoa, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and so sometimes, you know, I might just look at somebody and think genetically like, and then um, I see them posing. It's a whole other animal. Um, and some people do surprise me. Some people are full of excuses in the beginning and they're all over the place. But once, and I, I have one that I'm working with now. In the beginning, it was a rough start. I mean, it took us months. And she actually did the pre-prep with me because you were, you were full up. So I took her on as pre-prep. Now we're getting into prep. And now she's like, I mean, just leaps and bounds and the progress she has made. Like I was in the beginning, I was like, I don't know if we're going to make it right. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is probably going to crap out. Um, but she did. And, um, in, and then back on the genetics thing, uh, you know, I, I think the, the beautiful thing about bodybuilding is yes, anybody can do it. It's a matter of the genetics comes into play with maybe how soon you're going to do it and be yeah. successful, right? Or are you trying to do a division that does not match up with your genetics or does not match up with where you are currently in your physique building, right? So if you are genetically a super duper tiny person that doesn't gain muscle very easily, um, you're going to just need a lot more time to build the right amount of muscle, whether you want to do bikini or figure. But if you're itty bitty, itty bitty, itty bitty with no muscle and you're tiny, little, tiny frames and you want to do figure, well, you're probably going to have to take even longer to get right. there. Right. So, or if you really want to do women's physique or, or whatever, um, you know, most people, I, it's not a matter of genetics determining can you compete or not it, but it will impact how long it might take you to get a physique that belongs on the stage. And then that gets into why people use performance enhancing drugs, because genetically um, it would take them much longer and they don't want to wait. So right. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Dootly. Yeah. So I like this one. What's the hardest part of coaching? And I'll tell you, for me, the hardest part of coaching is the fact that I want to do so well by everybody that some, I get stressed out, right? Mm -hmm. I get stressed out. And I know like looking at, we've talked about this before, but there's a lot of other coaches out there that are not stressed out, right? They're like, oh, you didn't do it? Well, fuck you, right? Yeah. Talk to you next week or, or you know, this cookie. I'll tell you for a fact, nothing we do is cookie cutter whatsoever. Nope. And you can probably tell from all my typos, I'm retyping all the shit every fucking week for every stinking buddy. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stress as any professional should have of being as successful as we can. And, you know, we're doing something that's very important for people and it's going to have a major impact on their lives in the long run. And that carries a lot of consequences and you take it very seriously, but it's, it's not easy. You know, no. I, don't, I don't take anything I do lightly. 
the hardest part of being a coach for me is the the type of coach that I am. I absorb everybody's shit, right? So every single client, um, I take on their stuff. Now, I'm not complaining about that because that's the type of coach I want to be, right? So just like piggybacking on what you said, like we talk about these coaches that have two, 300 clients and I'm like, what in the actual fuck? Like, how is that even possible? Like, it's just not right. possible. And then you and I had this epiphany, like, it's absolutely possible if you are just slinging macros and cardio at them. Right. Um, but, you know, that's why I limit myself to the number of clients I limit myself to because I do. I want to be on a very personal level with my clients. I don't want to just be slinging shit at them because I want this to be something that they just have this wonderful life-changing journey that they can take with them for the rest of their lives. And I, and I want to be a part of that. But on the same token, I get burnt out very very easily because I take on everybody's stuff. Hence the reason why coaches need coaches and therapists need therapists. And, you know, we, we need people to kind of, uh, vent to unload our own stuff too, right? Because not only are we taking on, you know, 30 client stuff, but we have our own stuff, right? So sometimes that gets hard to balance. Um, but I honestly, I wouldn't want it any other way because it's the type of coach I want to be. I was actually having that conversation with Rayma when we had lunch last week. Um, you know, and she was like, you know, talking about coach, coach burnout is real. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's because of the type of coaches that we are. Um, and I want to do the very best by them and I want them to be successful and, um, you know, and sometimes it's a struggle and I feel bad when, you know, I truly feel bad. We're not having the the progress that, that, that we want them to have, or if they don't do as well as I think they should on stage or, you know, all yeah, of those things. I take it all very personally funny. for them. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's, I think it's natural to be like, was there something else I should have done? Did I not do this right? Did I, whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, I definitely open, I won't lie. I open every single check-in as I get it and look first at the first line. Right. And it'd be like, yay. Oh, oh my God, I do too, ready. Because sometimes I'm not at my computer yet. And yeah. I'm like, let me, I'm like, okay. Uh, and I'm, so I'm not, I haven't sat down to do check-ins, but I'll see the check-ins come in yep. and I'll pop it open. Just, I'm just like, what do I even have to look right. forward to? And I'm just like, no. And, uh, like, yay, yay. Oh. oh God, no. You know, and there's a lot of check-ins, you know, here's a sausage making that I'll read the check-in and take like an hour, you know, like I'll read through my check-ins and then I'll go work out and think about them. Right. Mm-hmm. And kind of process it all and then get back to respond. Yep. Nope. I'm, I, I'm the same way. Cause some of them, I just need, I need time to think through. I need time mm-hmm. to strategize. I need time to, you know, some of them I'm doing a lot of research and, um, and things like that. But, um, yeah. Um, okay. Let's do one more question. Cause this is becoming the world's well, longest podcast. Done. So I think we can knock these out really fast. All right. Um, I was just going to do one more fun one, I think, but I think what, what else do we have? Uh, do you prefer the OCB shows? If yes, why? So that's a simple, simple one, right? Yes, we mainly do OCB because that's basically all that's around <laughs> now. Well, and, and it's there are other options, but in our general location. So okay, so first and foremost, while we do have clients that that compete in the NPC, um, it is few and far between because it's no, uh, we are not fans of a federation that promotes uh, performance enhancing drug use. Um, The OCB offers the most competitive shows in our area. 
Um, and they, there are lots within driving distance. So, you know, for our local clients, you know, that, that just makes sense. Plus we want our clients to have a good experience. Um, and we, we happen to know several of the promoters. We know how well run the shows are. We know, you know, it's just like bing, bang, boom, everything's standardized and, and they, they run very well and they're very competitive. Um, I've had clients who don't live in this area, right? And so sometimes, you know, um, up north, the IMBF and WMBF have some really great shows. There just aren't a lot in our area. Uh, but it's another federation that I, you know, I encourage clients to compete in um, if they happen to live in an area where they have those shows. Um, or, you know, we have some clients out in the Midwest. Um, and God, there just aren't a lot of options besides the MPC. So sometimes we have to to go with shows that make sense for that competitor and that geographical area in the time in which they want to compete and what's, what's available. Right. So, um, I would, it, it would seem as though, but it just happens to be that that's what's predominant in our, in our neck yeah. of the woods where most of our clients are. Um, All right. Do wait, your fun one. All right. Here's the fun one. You want to make this the last one? Mm -hmm. Um, if you could only take one thing with you before you were stranded on a desert Island, what would it be? Uh, I don't, you go first. Cause I really don't know. I mean, I'm assuming we're taking like our family out of this. Although, why would you want your family to also? Yes, I'm not taking my family with me on a, on a desert island. Is it a desert island, Kelly, or is it a deserted island? I think it's a deserted. Yeah, because a desert and an island don't make sense. So, what would it be? It, um, fishing gear. Because uh, I watched a lot of Survivor, right? So, look, if I'm legit going to or or vodka. Yeah, no. Um, all right. So if I was being practical, I'd have Sunscreen. to say if I'm on an island, but you got to eat, right? So I'm thinking if you're on an island, there's got to be fish in the water. And so you have to have the ability to fish. But then on the other hand, like you have to have fresh water. What if you're right. on a, a deserted island and it's all bacteria infested water? It's not fresh water. So you've got to have water. So you might want to take like a hundred million gallons of water with you. There we go with the water. Thing. Okay. So, so eliminating practical practicality. So okay. say all the practicalities what would you take for, for, stuff? for something fun. I'd probably take Netflix with me. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it have to be Netflix. I want to take my Roku so I could have Netflix and prime yeah. all, the, all my streaming. Can I take my Roku? Yeah, yeah I'll allow it because then I'm going to bring my Kindle. So I have my Kindle Unlimited reading as well as my Amazon Prime and my Netflix. Okay. So yeah. I, think, I think I would be thoroughly entertained. Oh, 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 oh. And I have to, oh, podcasts. I also have to have my podcast. Yeah. That's true. Mm -hmm. So yeah. sorry, Kelly. Um, I guess practical wise, water, got to have fresh water because you're going to die, right? Like you can go without food, but you got to have water. Um, and fru fru wise, I need all my streaming. Yeah. It streaming devices. Horribly, horribly boring. <laughs> so I hope I'm not in that situation. I would take Brandy with me on a deserted island so that we could be together forever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh Brandy's my God. like, no. Can you imagine that? I'm going to kidnap you and take you. Like this It'd be is... like Florida forever. Right, like Florida forever. <laughs> Touched by a pirate. Jeez, <laughs> ah. Louisa. All right. Well, so I think we've said everything. You guys now know everything you've ever needed to know. 
Yeah. And you know, what? we'll go. do, if you guys have more questions um, and don't forget there's uh, you know, our discussion group. So feel free to post discussion or questions about the podcast in the um, coaching and cocktails discussion group on Facebook. Um, and you know, if we get questions like this, we'll be happy to read one or two. We won't do a whole episode, but we can read, you know, read them, um, as we go through, uh, recording more podcasts. And again, um, we're increasing in popularity and thank you. We're still not up to like a hundred thousand listeners. So we're not there yet, but right. Right. Um, rate, rate review. Please, and please go on else. Apple podcasts. So Apple podcasts is the place to be. Please rate us. Please review us. Um, download, share. Um, it seems as though doing it on Apple Podcasts is probably um, what's going to, yes, to be the do, best. Do all the um, things. If you have questions or feedback or ideas for other podcasts, you can use the Facebook group or email us at coachingincocktails at uh, gmail.com or message, message us, private messages, or however you want to reach us. Um, Yes. And all those yeah, things. Do all all that. those things. Yep. And uh, don't be weird. Use your head. It'll all be okay. Bye. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you like to stream your favorites. Bye.